If you are interested in starting your own podcast, we use Buzzsprout because it is simple and easy to use. Buzzsprout can get your show listed on every major platform while giving you the resources for a great podcast website, audio players that can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and that is why over 100,000 podcasters are already subscribed to Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in our episode descriptions, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you. So in return, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card from Buzzsprout while signing up for a paid plan. Most importantly, every subscription through our link is always appreciated and helps support our show so we can continue delivering the quality content that you guys listen to. That being said, back to the show. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junkies. I'm Andrew. And this is Joe. And this week we're coming at you with Green Lantern, The Sinestro Corps War, written by Jeff Johns and a whole slew of other people. So, Joe, let's just get right into it. What are your thoughts on this book? Just some background like I usually do. Dave Gibbons pitched in and so did Peter Tomasi. I love both writers. Gibbons helped with um, Watchmen and Peter Tomasi did one of our favorite runs in Superman, The Rebirth Superman. And then as far as art goes, we got Ivan Rez and Patrick Gleason. Gleason paired up with Tomasi in that Superman run that I really liked. And then Ivan Rez has done like any important event for DC. So it's got some pretty good names on here. Most of the story takes place in Green Lantern issues 21 through 25. And then the back half of the story takes place in Green Lantern Corpse issue 14 through 19. Um, There's an epilogue and a prelude to it too. So that's why this is so long. But let's start with the prelude. Sinestro just kind of mad, kind of monologuing in his head. He's laying on the floor naked thinking back on how he was the best Green Lantern to ever exist until he trained Hell Jordan, who exposed him for being a fascist. So he was stripped of his ring and banished to the antimatter universe Apparently for being... stripped of his clothes, too. <laughs> <laughs> but dude gets so boiled up thinking about Hell Jordan that he reignites his yellow lantern and gets his costume out of nowhere because he's ready to kick some ass. Yeah, dude. And, uh, you know, other than, you know, him laying naked on the ground being all mad, just like, you know, me after I put but before I shower. So, <laughs> so, you know, all that's going on. But meanwhile, we, you know, we see Earth, which is nice because there's a whole lot of space in this and not a lot of Earth until later on, that is. But we see Zoom fighting the League, which I really liked, you know, just kind of set up some of the stakes there, too. I'm a big Zoom guy. I mean, this is the second Zoom, Hunter Zolomon, not Eobard Thawne, which I do like as well. And, you know, he's kind of going on a spiel about, oh, I'm going to make you all better because he's a sociopath and whatnot. And, you know, they take care of him and, you know, they're all kind of like, you know, looking for information on Sinestro pretty much. And I do like the little tidbit there is, you know, once they, you know, handle the business, um, they all kind of congregate and talk. I do like that Batman says that he was chosen for the Sinestro Corps because he could instill great fear in people. And uh, I just thought that that's a cool little tidbit. I mean, that plays more into, you know, other events and whatnot, but I found that to be pretty cool. I liked another side note there, too. Hell described his job as a space cop, as a crossover between Star Wars and the X-Files, which I thought was a really cool way of looking at the corpse. I'm a big X-Files fan, by the way. I do also like Kyle Rayner being involved, because 
because, I mean, especially since the New 52, or, I mean, he was, like, what, a White Lantern in that? I didn't give a shit. I didn't read it. But, like, especially post-Rebirth, we don't see Kyle Rayner a whole lot. And, you know, I thought it was cool that they kind of returned to a focal point for him. You know, like, Wally is a Flash that, like, I identify with. Around the same time, Kyle was a Green Lantern for people who identify with Green Lanterns. That wasn't really me. But, you know, it's cool to see somebody outside the norm. Nowadays, we only really see Hal and, you know, maybe John Stewart. We don't even see Guy Gardner as much as we used to. So I thought it was cool that they had like a strong core of characters at this point. Speaking on Rainer, he's supposed to be special to all the other Green Lanterns in this story as he does not need a ring to use his abilities. But anyway, Hank Henshaw, aka Cyborg Superman, is being interrogated amongst the Guardians of the Universe as he's guilty of knowing the secrets of the 52, which I guess this story is going to lead into the new 52. But basically the secret of the 52 is that there's 51 other Earths and 51 other parallel universes and is accused of wanting to annihilate Earth, which would then cause a chain of reactions to destroy all the other planets and universes, leaving only antimatter universe to exist. They basically want to know who else knows the secret of the 52, the Guardians, I mean, but uh, start arguing about the consequences of the situation at hand and quit the interrogation. So Hal, Stewart, Guy Gardner, and Kyle Rayner all link up because they want to talk to the Guardians about Sinestro, but while they're waiting, all of a sudden, Rainer is basically teleported to the antimatter universe unexpectedly, and upon arrival, Sinestro is there, and he has a whole damn army with him. Yeah, and you know, before we dig a little bit more into that, I just want to make two quick notes. These aren't even like plot points, it's just how I feel about characters. I love seeing Guy Gardner, dude. Uh, like, every time I read something with him in it, I start to strongly consider he's my favorite Green Lantern. I just identify more with him, because he doesn't take shit serious, and he's always shit-talking. I can relate. You guys have a similar personality. Yeah, I dig it, dude. He's cool with his fucking orange bowl cut. But <laughs> <laughs> you can't you grow out your shit. You can't tell him shit, dude. So I like that. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, I can't tell you enough how much I hate the fucking Guardians. Those little blue bureaucrats are such a pain in the ass with their big heads and small wangs. They need to shut the fuck up and get out of the rule book and just let people like police honestly because a lot of this whole thing could have been avoided if they would have just listened in the first place oh it's not in the book of oa it's like dude shut the fuck up dude you're gonna get your planet's gonna get wiped out so is mogo so is your whole core if you don't just like change the rules a little bit dude like obviously things aren't going that well if things are to this point and you pushed a guy out for being apparently a bad cop fascist mussolini and now he's got his own squad and he's coming back to kill you it's like are you really handling things that well if you're pissed people off that much not only do you have that going on but even the green lanterns kind of like what the fuck's wrong with these people (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude they're like we can't we can't even get a meeting with our fucking leaders they're all hanging out in a cafeteria which i like that they're jeering john stewart all the other green lanterns like from whatever fucking sector they're from don't care like how cool john stewart is they're like isn't that the dude that blew up zanchi which no one ever lets him live down which is funny but kind of sad kind of sad dude like i mean he killed a whole planet and it's just like every time they have the chance to just like guess what you did and he <laughs> it's like even if it's just behind his back and i do kind of like that i mean it's a plot point and you know it's a backstory for the character which we saw in cosmic odyssey also go listen to that episode because that was a banger too but you know besides that like it's also like a point of character growth for him but at the same time how much growth is there because everybody just brings that up but nothing ever comes of it it's like 
so now what? He's just a Green Lantern with a conscience, I guess. Like, he just always feels bad no matter what. Like, okay. But, you know, I, I thought that that was cool that they kind of brought up that continuity point. Because until I read Snyder's Justice League run from Rebirth, I didn't really know he did that. Because they're bringing up the whole Zanshi thing. And I was like, who fucking cares? But it turns out it was pretty important. But whatever, dude. For sure. Back to the plot, though. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Hal and uh, the rest of the gang are trying to find Rainer because he's right there in front of Sinestro. So a few of the other lanterns accompany them. I thought this was a cool character moment. One of them is asking Guy about the antimatter universe, and all of a sudden, the dude gets shot in the face. So Guy <laughs> shouts, everybody inside, we got a sniper. Um, and he's got blood all over his face, Guy Gardner does. That was and, cool. Uh, yeah, it was cool, because the whole point of the Green Lantern Corps is that they don't fear things. And because he had so much composure, even though he just saw somebody shot right in front of him, and their blood is all over his face, he can still keep it cool. And so it just goes to show how well trained and disciplined that the the Green Lantern Corps is. But unfortunately, Sinestro is kicking Rainer's ass. Yeah. But at least Stewart is able to snipe the sniper. That being said, you would think that they get a small breather when looking for Rainer, but the situation just gets worse. The squad starts getting a lot of notifications that Green Lanterns are dying left and right, and the ring keeps disappearing to try to find new hosts, and the answer to why they're dying can be found at the center of the universe, which, if you remember our last episode, Superboy Prime was sent there as prison. They they basically trapped him in the center of the universe. Well, this dude's about to fucking escape. Yeah, dude, prime time. And, you know, I like that prime time, the Anti-Monitor and Hank Henshaw are all involved in this because it made it more... More cool for me having that cast of characters rather than just traditional lanterns. But I do really like the part uh, where Sinestro and Kyle Rayner kind of facing off. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he's just kind of talking down to him because there ain't much Kyle can really do. And he's like, yeah, this is Despotelis, like a little virus, like yellow lantern. And he's like, this killed your cow of a mom. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and then <laughs> Sinestro's he, mean, dude. He, yeah, dude. He made Kyle Rayner cry in the club. And then he just like <laughs> turned him into parallax and was just like, holy shit. So that was pretty crazy off rip. Yeah, it was. Lastly, Sinestro brings Rainer to his leader to tell him that everything worked out just fine. So at the very end of this prequel, we're still talking about the prequel, the Anti-Monitor is on the screen with Superboy Prime and Cyborg Superman, and they're all about the antimatter. So far, uh, this seems like even worse than the predicament that they were in Infinite Crisis, to be honest with you. Yeah, dude, stay scheming, because Anti-Monitor is actually back now, and you don't want to deal with him. I mean, we saw Crisis, dude. Yeah. With his whale teeth and his bad attitude. So you got the the villain from Crisis on Infinite Earths. You got the villain from Infinite Crisis. And you got Sinestro and Cyborg Superman. So the whole situation is fucked to begin with. Yeah, dude, that's dog shit. I don't know how the Lanterns really handle that. But (laughs) honestly, they shouldn't be able to. No, dude. And uh, that's kind of what leads us into issue... What, issue two, pretty much? Issue one. Issue one. Jesus Christ, we've been on this one a minute. I'm out of place. So, I mean, there's not a ton to me that I took notes on in issue one. It's just, you know, lanterns are getting hunted everywhere, and, you know, they kind of turn around and they ask Hal to lead and fix shit. They kind of go behind, you know, everyone's back. They're like, Hal, you need to figure this out. You're the only one capable, even though, you know, everyone's a bureaucrat, and they're like, but this ain't the ruse, 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 ruse. But they're like, Hal Jordan, you can make the ruse, 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 ruse. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I mean, it's kind of like a, he has, like, a fear moment, too, because, you know, Parallax and everybody else is kind of tossing up everybody, kind of making them all fearful. And Hal's biggest fear is 
that he's scared that his dad died in fear, which I thought was kind of cool, you know, with him being destined to be a Green Lantern that, you know, overcoming fear is a thing. He just wanted to make sure his fear is that his dad overcame fear. So I thought that that was kind of cool. Parallax slash Kyle comes to like buck him up, dude, because that's what Parallax slash Kyle does. You're right. There wasn't a lot that happened in this issue other than instilling to Hal Jordan that he should be the leader of the Green Lantern Corps again and that he shouldn't let his past kind of interfere with that stuff because they need somebody to lead the squad because the the Guardians of the Universe ain't cutting it. But Parallax completely consumes Kyle Rayner and they're kind of a mixture of Kyle Rayner and uh, Parallax and he's ready to fuck up Hal, which leads into issue two. Yeah, and from issue two, I mean, maybe it's just like my scope of how I viewed the story, but it's kind of more of the same, just bunch more lanterns getting tossed up which i mean is pretty much every issue because apparently they're all weak as hell and uh sinestro goes to Korrigar, which is like his planet and you know he's going to make sure shit is as he pleases and that's where he finds uh ceranic natu yep and you know she's kind of like a surgeon and like you know their protector and you know there's kind of like riots going on and protests and you know green lantern save us and there's like a whole deal when sinestro returns so you know he kind of uses you know what's going on on that planet to his gain he like makes it look like Saranic Natu defeated him and he dips and everyone on the ground's like you know he wouldn't dip like that if he was the winner but little do they know he totally won he could have killed her ass right then and there but uh he's like no this will come in handy later I feel like that kind of toyed with her mind too like uh the person running the planet that's kind of related to him not to the uh the doctor she's kind of the representative of the planet at the time and you could tell that Sinestra really got in her head at the end of the issue yeah and I it was at this point too where it's just like she was trying to fight him too but says like Green Lanterns can't kill which is a big part of this story and you know I feel like I know that but even at the same time like reading it I was like that's so lame it is I was like okay cool so it's like giving a cop a taser but no gun it's like (laughs) so what happens when shit really hits the fan they're just gonna keep trying to tase sinestro it's like he's good for it dude yeah he (laughs) likes it (laughs) (laughs) he's built for that so to sum it up this far it leads into issue three sinestro was banished to the antimatter universe by the guardians after being exposed by hal he built a central power battery in the antimatter universe forged hundreds of yellow rings and recruited his own corpse his goal is to instill fear through the universe creating a militant society now kyle rayner is kicking hal jordan's ass being possessed by parallax rayner starts talking shit about how hal's dad's dying words were in fear and a whole group of yellow lanterns come to back him up too so it's not looking very good for hal so they basically tell him to fight or flight and hal says i'm gonna do both, which I thought was so cool considering the background of Hal Jordan is a aviator. So right before they go to kill him, Kilowog and the rest of the Green Lantern Corps finally make it so the war between the corps has kind of begun. Cyborg Superman goes to talk to the Anti-Monitor and confesses that he is cursed with immortality and has lived through seeing his friends murdered, his wife go mad and end her own life. And the Anti-Monitor replies that if he does as he says, he promises that they will find a way to end his life So Cyborg Superman sheds a grown man's tear and says, thank you, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought that that was like the coolest part of this issue, because honest to God, like when it comes to Kilowog calling everyone poosers and showing up with everybody, he low-key is annoying as fuck. I mean, if you're Green Lantern guy, I bet people like him. I feel like I should like him. But the more I read his dialogue, I was just like, get this guy the fuck out of here. And then uh, the Lost Lanterns, too, that Hal Jordan had betrayed prior. You know, I don't have the context for that. and I don't really care to. 
too. They suck too. I wish they would go away. And you know, I'm glad that the one got fucking zapped into smithereens because they suck, dude. They always just bitch. Oh, we're not helping you, hell, Jordan, while they're helping him. It's like, well, fucking don't then. Don't be half in, half out. Yeah, dude, fucking get out of here then if you don't want to help. Dude, you suck. No one asked for you to come anyways. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, you know, it's kind of getting towards the end. Everybody else is looking for John Stewart. We're looking for Guy Gardner. Um, they're running into some blue broad who has the book of Parallax. You know, that kind of caps the issue is that it kind of sets us up for issue four. And, uh, you know, some of those dudes at the beginning that we totally didn't bring up, they are on Mogo, which, Jesus Christ, I'm not familiar with the, all the Green Lantern core, like, backstory, but fucking, they have a whole ass planet, which is core to what they do, but is also a member. I don't know what the hell's going on. So, <laughs> I guess I looked it up because I was a little confused, too. So, he controls the damn rings. Yes, the Green Lantern Corps has their own planet, and core. the planet is designed to distribute Green Lantern rings whenever one of them dies. It's so, sentient, bro. Planet has a name and feelings. Yep. Weird. It is a little weird. It's something created by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Uh, <laughs> it makes sense for him to be a part of this because it helped create that planet. But Boozer. That kind of ties up issue four. Basically, Kyle Rayner's still kicking Green Lantern's ass and Hal and a group of other Green Lanterns follow to retreat to the tunnel and half of the group starts looking for Guy and Stuart because they're nowhere to be found and then the other half uh, look for Ion which is Kyle Rayner's power source prior to his body being sacrificed to Parallax. The group that stays to find Guy and Stuart are super quick to find the anti-monitor and the other group runs into this chick who is guarding the book of Parallax but she has Guy and Jonathan Stewart tied up. That's what I'm saying though but how about like that lame ass squad rolls up and they just see the anti-monitor there it's like hmm. no shot no shot dude Superman had a rough time back in crisis it's you like, think you... some like C-list Green Lanterns are gonna fucking beat the anti-monitor C-list is being kind to these fucking Generous. idiots <laughs> <laughs> but yeah dude so you know that's going on Hal's fighting the weird witch lady that was kind of lit I mean I don't remember why I put it was lit but I put it was lit dude so you know whatever and then uh, you know the boys are back every Everyone's back in action now. The whole squad's reunited. Boys are back in town. Yeah, dude. Like football on a Sunday. The boys are back. Uh, I do also like the little one-liner that uh, I believe it was Hal. Crucify me if I'm wrong, but they say, and they say there's never a cop around when you need one. How many times you say that when you see some jackass driving down the road doing something wild and you're just like, where the fuck are the cops at? It's just like, there's never one when you need one, bro. And, <laughs> and I like that the uh, other Green Lanterns from like the other sectors are like, what do you mean by that? Because they're like cops are always around on their planet they're like what what are you talking about and he's like it's a joke dude and he's like chill out <laughs> but uh you know i like that and you know half the time they don't got no juice in their rings and uh I that's like- the other shitty part so you mentioned that they can't kill people they also got to charge their shit like an iphone 6 bro <laughs> <laughs> like so imagine you're a cop they don't give you a gun and they give you a taser that has the battery of an iPhone. <laughs> and you're going out, you finally get to, uh, you know, the criminal you're trying to catch, and your thing has 2% battery. And you're just like, what the fuck do I do now? And it's like, the other guy has a gun, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> so, it's like, that's pretty much what the Guardians are setting the whole core up for, is just failure, dude. Right. And it's at just- the end of issue four, they kind of feel bad about it, too. The Guardians continue to talk, and finally they decide to display enough courage that the corpse has been displaying 
running for a long time and go on the offense instead of the defense. They decide in order to win, they must rewrite the book of Oa. But get this. So the Smurfs finally say, let's turn on lethal force. Like fucking hoorah, dude. We needed this five issues ago. But they say, we don't act on emotion. We only work with logic. Then why are you so fucking mad that people are going to die? You know what I'm saying? If you're not emotional about it, then what is the problem? Why didn't you just let lethal force be a thing from the get? You know, if you don't care who dies and you don't like love or empathy or, you know, you know, sadness even, then why don't you just let your fucking cops just be cowboys, dude? Just let them, you know, wrangle tangle all the villains and fucking do what they got to do. But, you know, I mean, this isn't, you know, it's just my thoughts. Like, you know, from their point of view, what the fuck is the problem then? Because they kick out Sade and Ganthit, which I don't know why the hell I remember their names. I hate those damn characters. But they're just like, we have love and we got kicked out. It's like, okay, nerds, you got kicked out for feeling. It's like, loser. But, uh, you know, they're the only ones that really help anybody out here. But not even really. They just kind of tell, like, how to go lead. Meanwhile, the other guardians that I hate were like, you know what? Yeah, let's let them kill people. Which is the only thing that saved the day. That is the only thing that saved the goddamn day. Because if they let the Green Lanterns ride as they did, nothing would have happened. It's crazy. And, you know, I'm getting all ornery about it. But it's just like, God, I hate the Guardians, dude. They make the Lanterns so much worse. It's like, why don't they just beat the shit out of the fucking Guardians, dude? They're little blue nerds. Honestly, they should. Because I think (laughs) hell could, to be honest. Reading this, too, kind of unrelated to the plot, you kind of see that Hal is significantly stronger than the other Lanterns. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, as much as I love Jonathan Stewart and Guy Gardner and all the others, like, Hal's not to be fucked with. No, Hal's built for it. He's built for all that smoke. I mean, shit, he was controlled by Parallax for some time. Like, he can obviously host something crazy and come out of it. And he hosted the Spectre. So it's like, Hal's been through a shitload of stuff. Hal's strong, dude. And he's the coolest space cop there is, honestly. I mean, I love Jon Stewart and Guy Gardner, too. But, I mean, like, Hal's, like, the OG. I mean, I'm not even going to count Alan Scott. But, like, Yeah, I get what you're saying. How's that boy? But that would be the best way to conclude issue five, which is the first half of this story, is that the Guardians finally decide that the Green Lanterns can have lethal force force, and they kick two of the Guardians out because they're acting out of emotion, even though that's kind of what they need in the first place. So that's the end of the first half of this uh, story. Yeah, and then, you know, from there, I mean, we're kind of in the midst of it now. So, I mean, there's like weird baby bombs. I don't know what the hell that is. There was no explanation other than these are babies and are bombs. So I says, okay, weird. And then, uh, you know, Mogo is trying to consolidate power because, you know, they're attacking Mogo. Mogo ain't going to make it unless he focuses on his core or, you know, whatever his pronouns are. Who gives a fuck? It's a planet. And then uh, Sodom Yat, I don't know who the fuck that guy is. He's a Daxamite. He's basically a Kryptonian, but with a Green Lantern ring, he's kind of like prophesized as like the next Ion, you know, should something happen to Kyle Rayner. Pretty much this whole time is like... They introduced him kind of poorly. Yeah, and then... But you kind of grow to like him. Yeah, and they tried to, like, hype beast him the whole time. Everyone in every issue, they're like, is that Yacht? Sodom Yacht? Like, whoa, what's up with that guy? He's pretty tough. And it's just like, he's a rookie, but he's leading us? Who are you? And it's just like, well, dude, he's pretty much the closest thing to a Kryptonian. And, you know, he runs game, dude. He, you know, he tossed everybody up, and he blew up ranks, which is, like, the giant, like, antithesis to, like, Mogo, pretty much. And, he, you know, he tossed up, like, half the land. 
Lantern Corps. So that was basically issue six, just honestly. introducing him and then just seeing the two corps, the green and the yellow, fighting each other. And at the end of the issue, we find out that Sinestro is not just after Oa, but moreover, Sinestro is coming for Earth. He coming to Earth. And that's when we see, you know, the Justice League fighting uh, the Manhunters. I really do like this like little point. It's not even part of the plot, so it's not a cohesive point I'm making here. But I do like the fact that, you know, Guy Gardner always busting someone's balls, calls uh, Sinestro Adolf in the middle of their, like, John back at each other. It's just like, he's like, chill out, Adolf. And I was just like, cool, dude. That's what I would say, too, before I kicked his ass. But, uh, you know, it's just like, that's funny. And then, uh, you know, Parallax is on Earth now. He's going to kill House family because, you know, there's not bigger, better things to do other than torment the one guy you were bonded to for a little bit while a while back, I guess. He's like a, like a crazy ex-girlfriend, I guess. He's just like, I don't really like you. I'm going to go slash your tires and, like, punch your mom. So he's just like, what? <laughs> but then, you know, Superman fighting Cyborg Superman. I feel like that's the only way that could have really gone. Who's yeah. Cyborg Superman going to fight? I mean, is he going to fight Hal? Hal could, you know, put up a fight, obviously, but, like, he's, he's still some type of Superman. And then uh, he says, you can't kill me to Clark. And Clark says, to be honest, I've never really tried. And I thought that was cool, too. That was badass. So I was just like, Whoa. With the quick quips. Yeah, dude, he was waiting for that one. He's like, he just sits in his, like, apartment at night. And he's like, hey, Lois, guess what I'm going to hit him with next time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in issue seven, basically, Hal, Stewart, and Guy are on Earth. But Sinestro, Superboy Prime, Cyborg Superman, and a whole fucking army are headed that way, too. What makes it worse is that Kyle Rayner has beat them to Earth. And he just found out Hal's brother's house. Um, so Rayner is about to kill them. But Hal shows up just in time to grab Rayner and fly them into a place where they can fight without getting his family involved. Parallax tricks Hal into thinking Rainer is on the verge of separating himself from Parallax and actually captures Hal in the process. So now Parallax has captured both of them. Thankfully, Stuart and Guy Gardner finally show up and they got a plan. So Guy went to Rainer's home and found a painting that Rainer was talking about during the beginning of this series and found it as a strategic way to fight them because it would trigger some kind of emotional response from Rainer. I know, it's kind of a soft cop-out. Hal finds Rainer and tells him that they can escape together by being consumed by Parallax, but by working together and then Guy Gardner showing him that painting, uh, they've both escaped from Parallax's strength and kind of separate them completely. So that finally puts an end to the drama. Basically, the Guardians show up at the end of the issue to suck Parallax into a uh, lantern now that the two lanterns are separated from Parallax, and and all the lanterns are together. So at the end of the issue, you get Hal, Guy Gardner, Jonathan Stewart, and Rainer. And then there's no more Parallax in the mix. Hell yeah, dude. Parallax got fucking sucked. And then Anti-Monitor. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-Monitor. <laughs> so then Anti-Monitor rolls up and he's just in New York, dude. He just wanted to go see Ellis Island and whatnot. Get a hot dog. <laughs> but, you know. So he rolls up and everyone's like, and oh. a t-shirt that says, I love Ellis Island. I, I heart NY. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just fucking shows up there and everyone's like, oh, damn, this sucks. And then, you know, this is where we get, you know, Sodom Yacht showing his Daxamite genetics where, you know, he's under a yellow sun now. So he starts getting juiced up, dude. And uh, he has to start fighting, dude. Primetime's got beef again. He sees him. He's like, you're pretty much like Superboy, but you're a bigger pussy. So he's like, I'm going to fight you. And then, you know, Superboy does what he's going to do and he beats his ass. And this is where I like it because Sodom Yacht gets his ion powers chosen. So he's supposed to be like the biggest tank of them all, dude, at 
this point. Like yep. he's a Kryptonian with the power of like the strongest lantern shit. He already has the power of courage and strength. And then basically the Guardians equipped him with the power of will, um, which is supposed to make him unstoppable. He becomes the new Ion. Superboy Prime thinks it's cute and goes to attack him, but the new Ion going ham with this new strength, and that's kind of what concludes issue eight. Yeah, and then we head into issue nine, dude. It's Primetime versus Ion, dude. The that's m- the whole issue. whole issue, dude. They're just fighting. It's basically two Superboys all over again in Infinite Crisis, except this one didn't have his bitch smacked or his dog killed. So I I would say he did a better job of going back and forth with Superboy Prime than even both Supermen back in Crisis or Infinite Crisis. No, no, I'm disagreeing. Just for him being just 1v1, they go back and forth for hours. No, no, he sucks, dude. Half of the issue, he's fucking just like in his own head getting bloodied to a pulp. He witnessed Superboy Prime eat uranium rods and he was cocky. That was crazy. He was cocky about it. He's like, these taste good. And then he's just like beating his ass and he's like in his own head and like on the cusp of like being unconscious. He's like, is this how it ends? Blah, blah, blah. And you think he's going to like will himself to it. He's like, I don't get, I'm not going to die this way. One more day, one more week. I, don't know, I can do it. And no, dude, he gets crumpled up like a piece of loose leaf. That's after hours though. Cause they- hours, dude. It was one issue that was probably in fucking 10 minutes, dude. Cause primetime ain't fucking around. They say they go at it for hours in this issue. Yeah. And it's just like Earth One Superman got his ass kicked way quicker even having earth 2 superman there with him yeah dude i don't know no this guy sucks so them yacht they hyped him up for nothing just to get crumpled up by prime time at the end of the issue he does get crumpled up but it was a good i thought it was a good character moment it was all right dude like i didn't care about him worth a shit really i was like this guy is like kind of cool i guess but that's my problem with the green lanterns let me take a step back before we hit issue 10 the reason that i'm gonna be lower on this book than you are is there are so many goddamn green lanterns in this story and i could give a fuck about any none of them dude none of them except for the main ones that we know and maybe that's me i don't need to know their weird names from space that you know jeff johns made up or you know stole from star wars i don't give a fuck like all their names were stupid their character moments were stupid and they all got tossed up real quick and i was just like i hope the green lantern core dies if this is what they're made out of dude i was like the yellow lanterns they're cool they got a giant like centipede guy and they got someone like a fucking like covid virus that's sentient that's fucking killing people like that's more badass to me and i'm not supposed to root for the villains and i'm i wasn't but I was just like, just give me Guy, give me John, and give me Hal. Throw in Kyle if you want. Kilowog can go fuck himself, dude. He's I'd rather fucking roast him like a pig, dude. And you know, <laughs> that's what he looks like. Just a giant bloated pig. And he's like, oh, poozer. It's like, you call me a poozer again, I'm about to slap your shit. It's like, so annoying. He didn't add a lot to the story oh. because he just kept saying poozer and poozer all over again. But it did kind <laughs> of... <laughs> I did start to like the lanterns after this, you know, no. uh, not the the obscure characters, but you know, the main ones. Yeah, it really no. brought me some appreciation to those characters. Guy Gardner, John Stewart, you know, Hal Rule, but and it's just then, uh, even Kyle Rayner was okay. He was all right, but it's just like the whole fucking core. I mean, I get it. Like, we want to build the core. We want to give them more of a personality because no one knows or gives a fuck. I mean, some people know like Tomar Ree, but now we he's been dead apparently, so he's got his son Tomar too. I'm like, what the fuck is he? He's just a beaked man. And then 
<laughs> but then it's just like, I don't know. They start talking about like the robot guy and the weird guy who had a boner for the robot guy that met him on Mogo. I was like, fucking get rid of it. The Lost Lanterns. I was like, they can die. You know, whoever else. I was just like, oh my God. It, it took me out of the story in parts. because it, they... I, I get what you're saying, but you brought up an important part. You almost like the Yellow Lanterns. So it's just like, I started to like their, I guess their universe or their story or whatever you want to call it. Like uh, I started liking... Uh, Hell, Guy, and uh, some of the other Lanterns more, and then I really started to like Sinestro as a villain. Sinestro's way better as a villain after reading this. Yeah, so it's just like, even though, like, there's too many characters so you don't really care about most of them, the core, you really start to enjoy the core presence of the corpse, because uh, there's a lot that goes down in this issue because it's so long, and so many character moments that you start to like the main players in the game. But, I guess, let's go to issue 10, the last issue of this series fuck it so you know starting off issue 10 you know everybody's talking about you know i forget who brings it up because i didn't care to pay attention at this point which i kind of just alluded to all the other cores get announced so you know the indigo the red you know we got yellow we got larflees the only orange lantern and we got you know the blue lanterns which are you know in the midst of being like created so i thought that that was good for the core uh or you know for the green lantern universe rather because before we only had green and like yellow and it's really like, what's better than green and yellow you know the whole fucking rainbow apparently it's like skittles out here so you know they got one for every color you know there's rage which you know introduces atrocitus which is actually one of the outside like peripheral characters i do like like as the red lanterns atrocitus is cool especially in injustice 2 he's badass but uh you know the other core get announced Coastal City, there's a lot of talk about how they got pretty much nuked off the map and then, like, rebuilt. And, you know, there's, like, a quarter of the population that there once was. But the people now, you know, Sinestro says, I'm going to turn, like, this place into my kingdom, pretty much. And he says, I'm going to turn Coast City into my fucking joint. Yep. And then we basically see two things happen. Basically, Hal and Rainer go to fight Sinestro. And then Jonathan Stewart and Guy Gardner go to fight the Anti-Monitor. Yeah, and so do the Guardians come to whoop on the Anti-Monitor, which kind of made me mad too because i already wrote them off as total push bags but then they come in here and they're like oh we're gonna get you and they fucking zap them with their like keebler elf smurf fucking lantern and they fucking hit them harder than i thought they would which made me mad because i was like these guys don't deserve shit but uh i do also like when cyborg superman's fighting the lanterns and he ends up dying and he's just like thank you and he, he i thought that that was badass too because this that guy was has so cool because it basically to destroy the anti-monitor they have have to drop this big ass thing on them in order to destroy both anti-monitor and um cyborg superman and it takes like most of the whole fucking corpse to do it and you see cyborg superman shed one last tear and thank them for killing him because that's the only reason he paired up with the anti-monitor in the first place is because he wants to die you yeah know? the zoo's got a death wish unfortunately it presumably kills uh cyborg superman but it doesn't kill the anti-monitor the anti-monitor's still alive but we see superboy prime escape from kyle rainer fight in which he totally kicks his ass at the very end and fucks up the anti-monitor even though they're on the same team he's just like bro you're a pussy and (laughs) i there is no room for that here and so even though they're on the same team he fucking throws him right back into fucking space and says get the hell out of here that was so cool like as much of like a petulant child as primetime is he's hilarious bro he's always just so pissed about it he's kind of he kind of reminds me of my brother he's always on tip yeah he's always just like what the fuck's your problem you suck and (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's like ready to fucking fist fight for no reason. And uh, I do also like that he calls the Guardians like blue dorbs. I was like, because I hate them too. So I was like, you know what? I fucking like rooting for primetime sometimes, dude. He's just so cool. He's fr- technically from our Earth, which is what's cool about it. It's like, we don't have no Kryptonians, but technically he's what would happen if a Kryptonian was on our actual Earth. So I was like, fuck yeah, dude, primetime. But it kind of wraps up really quick, though. It does wrap up really quick. For how much goddamn setup there was and this and that and the hype beast of Sodom Yacht to get crumpled up quick and then for Anti-Monitor just get chucked into space and all this, Sinestro just gets arrested and primetime gets like obliterated and whatnot. And then guess what? Everything's all fucking streamers and parades. Coast City has fucking traffic backed up because everyone wants to move there. Right after the Anti-Monitor, Sinestro, Cyborg Superman, everybody rolls up. They're like, yeah, let's move in. This is great. The Green Lantern likes it here. To take a step back, Hal and Rainer are fighting Sinestro and his corpse, but Sinestro is smiling the whole time because the Green Lanterns now have the ability to kill people, which was a part of his plan this whole entire time. He wants to convince the world that the Green Lanterns, now that they can kill people, are to be feared. Oh, what a shitty plan, dude. They both run out of energy, both Sinestro and Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner, so it comes to an old fashion fist fight um so all three are fighting each other and uh hal jordan and kyle rayner obviously win that fight <laughs> and uh his last words were one more thing sinestro you're under arrest which was kind of badass Hell and yeah. then as far as superboy prime chucking anti-monitor into the basically into space after he's dead he gets uh taken out by the the guardians of the universe unfortunately apparently they have the strength to tear him apart atom by atom and send him somewhere outside of the universe that being said, Sinestro is captured, and Cyborg Superman, the Anti-Monitor, they're presumably dead, and Superboy Prime has been removed from the universe. Guy Gardner got the medical attention he needed after the fight because he was coughing up yellow blood, which was kind of gross but in conclusion the green lanterns help rebuild the cities that were destroyed during the war and superboy prime is not actually dead he's floating around outside of the universe and then on top of that cyborg superman's brain survived and then what's left of his brain the sinestro corpse what was left of them the manhunters dude rebuild him which is sad as fuck because all he wants to do is die and then the anti-monitor didn't even die somehow even after superboy prime chucked him into space and so that part didn't really make a lot of sense to me. I don't know at this point. They're basically all set up to come back. Welcome to comics. <laughs> There's an epilogue after that. I didn't read it. I did. It's pretty much just Kyle and Guy kind of talk about Parallax. Like, oh, were you scared? Oh, yeah, kind of. It was a fucking waste of a fucking epilogue, Sleepover. dude. Yeah, it was dumb. But in conclusion, what are your thoughts? In conclusion, I'm going to just hop right into ratings, dude. Art. Great. Dave Gibbons, Gleason, you know, everybody's lit. Ivan Ray's great. Jeff Johns, I love Jeff Johns. Here's a spoiler for you. It's my least favorite Jeff Johns work I've read. Oh, really? Uh, Easily. Um, Everything else I've read by Jeff Johns I thought was way better. I don't know if it's maybe because I was ornery because this was well over 300 pages. I don't know if it's because I hated the Guardians and the majority of the Green Lantern Corps. Or because they kept typing up Sodom Yacht just for him to get crumpled up like fucking Professor X in the Phoenix. So... I'm going to go ahead and give my rating. It was like a six and a half out of 10. This is going to be one of my lower ratings. It's not bad. It's just 
just you need to be a lantern fan or you need to have patience in order to find the payoff in this story in my opinion i had more fun reviewing it than actually reading it so i mean that'll tell you something but uh what do you think dude i think this is the furthest we've been apart i'd give it an eight and a half out of ten mm. super long but i thought that shit was dope for not knowing much about the lantern corpse i'm kind of a fan now the series is the best way to get introduced to all these characters and their different personalities jeff in my opinion never disappoints even though the conclusion is kind of whack given nobody actually dies like the villains but uh for how much going on and all the different characters introduced he made it pretty easy to follow along so all this time i've never liked the green lantern corpse because there are so many characters and it was just a lot to follow but he kind of makes it easier for you to understand them and so if there's ever a green lantern series to read this is probably it because in my time collecting since 2011 nothing really good green lantern has come out grant morrison had a short story on green lantern but it wasn't as good as this and so if you like the green lanterns i would recommend this story but the biggest con for me a it's super long and b there's a lot of things you have to read prior to this to make it understand like infinite crisis and superboy prime being locked up in the middle of the universe like you would have to read infinite crisis to know i kind of like that we read that prior to this because they kind of go hand in hand but at the same time if you're new into comics this could be overwhelming but it's a great green lantern story and my only other note on that is now that we've gotten through the entire episode i want to enlighten you that it is not corpse it is core but that's a side note and with that you know where to find us on social media boys and girls that's on instagram at cbj pod on facebook at cbj podcast or just type in comic book junkies we'll show up you can find us on youtube you can find us on anywhere you find your podcast you can listen to us rate review subscribe i'm asking it sounds like i'm telling but you know it we'd really appreciate it and if your favorite podcast would and you know we appreciate you listening to us uh you want to Tell them what we're hitting them with next time. We're going to take it a little easy and we're going to do some fun topics uh, like we uh, do when we're not reading. And so what we're going to talk about is are there too many superhero movies already if the market is tied to the property of these books? And then because we did a DC Avengers draft, we're going to do a Marvel fantasy draft next time. Basically, Berger and I are going to go back and forth with a snake draft and see who can come up with the better Avengers team. Absolutely. So I think next time is going to be a real fun one. Make sure to stay tuned uh you know we drop on wednesdays so you know never be surprised we are bi-weekly currently still so yeah just make sure in the next couple weeks that you uh you find us here and uh with that we thank you all for listening still and uh we'll catch you next time all right guys till next time